Good morning, everyone. Welcome. Welcome to worship. Welcome to this house of worship. We're happy to see everyone here. And I'm wondering if we have any visitors. Oh, I'll introduce that one. (laughs) Hi, can you tell us who you are? Well, welcome here. We're glad you chose us. (laughs) And join us for fellowship after worship and get to know people. And and then we have another face, which is kind of familiar to people. But (laughs) we welcome Tim McCalmont, former pastor of this church, who will be bringing us the word today. And... And I think Ruth is somewhere, right? Where is she? Okay, she's around. Okay, she's here. Um, Be sure you sign the friendship books so that we know you were here. Can acknowledge that. Next Sunday is the Chargers. So be sure to give yourself a little extra time to get here to worship. Make sure you have your pass in the car. If you need a pass, there's some in the office if you don't have one yet. But be ready for that next Sunday. And they'll also be here Thursday and Friday. So if you have any business at the church after Thursday, be prepared. So, um, and now I have the sad job of reporting that two of our members have gone to be with the Lord this week. On Monday, we received word that Joyce Hansler had passed away, and Joyce was always back in that corner there and greeting people. And I've spoken with her son, and she did not want a service, and he's respecting her wishes. And then Friday... Our dear friend, Johnny Ernest, went home. And he was, he had been very, very ill, and he was ready. And as we grieve the loss of these people, we celebrate their lives. We celebrate their faith, and we celebrate the faith of the families that is going to see them through these difficult times. Still working on a date for Johnny's service, but you know we'll keep you informed on when that will be. So I will give you a moment to greet one another, but remember to listen for the chimes. And when you hear the chimes, then it's time to quietly go back to your seats and be ready for worship. So... I, it's, it's getting there. <laughs> so if you would just take a few moments and greet one another, we will begin to worship. You may not be hearing chimes, but you're behaving. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That's what I wanted to hear. All right. So now, if you would please stand and call ourselves to worship. You are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people. Happy are those who hear the word, hold it fast in an honest and good heart, and bear fruit with patient endurance. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. You have the words of eternal life. Eternal God, open our eyes to see your hand at work in the splendor of creation and in the beauty of human life. Touched by your hand, our world is holy. Help us to cherish the gifts that surround us, to share our blessings with our sisters and brothers, and to experience the joy of life in your presence through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. And continue standing as we sing God of grace and God of glory.
You may be seated, and children and youth, if you would come up, I'm up here all by myself, and I need some friends up here with me. Oh, good to see you guys. Boston Red Sox. Man, that's big. That's big. Good to see you guys again. You're getting old. You're getting taller. My goodness sakes. You're getting old, buddy. (laughs) Oh, man. Well, it's good to see you guys. It's been a while since I've been here, but, man, I hear good things about you. And I want to tell you how I have been able to spend some time now since I left thinking about all the friends God has given to me over all the years, all the years, (laughs) that I've been around. And so I started going back, and I'll say more about this later, but I, I just got to see how important friends and family is. You know, I have, um, some of you remember Lauren and Scott and, and David and, and Libby and our first grandson, Eli. Some of you remember Eli. He was born 13 years ago, and he's now uh, in junior high, and if you remember, he was born blind. And they, they actually, he wasn't born blind, but they had to do some procedures, and he's blind. and He's been blind for his whole life. And so he's doing really well, but he loves baseball, loves baseball, and he loves Mike Trout. <laughs> Everybody loves Mike Trout, right? Even the Boston Red Sox love Mike Trout. So, so I set it up. He was coming down for his birthday, so I had some friends uh, in the angel's office, and I set it up so that we could go visit Mike Trout. And so we spent 10 minutes with Mike Trout uh, a couple months ago, and Eli was just ecstatic. He got to meet Trout, and Mike Trout was such a fine, fine guy. He really was. And then, just recently, two weeks ago, we had our fifth grandchild, and that's little Kara. Elizabeth, born to Scott and Lauren and uh, Jonah and Lena's little sister. So we have this great family, and you guys have a family too. And I know you're grateful for your family. And I wanted to say how important that is in how God, and she talks all the time, and I love that. Everly, you look it up there. Can you see that? Look, is that a little baby? Oh, Everly, you're so sweet. You know, you remember when I was here and I put the water on your head? You remember that? Yeah, I'm sure you do. Anyway, so I'll tell you what. Family and friends are so important. Do you have a best friend? What's, what's his name? Oh, man, I'll tell you what. They are so important to us, aren't they? Because they make us stronger. And our families make us stronger. You know what the Bible has to say about that? The Bible says that if you have one string, I know I have one string in here someplace. If you have one string, oh man, it didn't stay in my pocket. I guess it left. If you have one string, just one little tiny string, it's good, but it's not very strong. Because you can break it. But if you take several strings, oh, here it is. If you have one string, it's okay, but you can break it. If you really pull hard, you can break it. 
But if you take a bunch of strings and you wind them together, they are stronger. And that's like us. If we have ourselves, we're strong. But God gives us friends. He gives us family. And He ties us together. And we are stronger. And you can't break this. So that's what a family's about. That's what friendships are about. And that's why it's so important to be thankful to God for our family and our friends. I want you to go home today and I want you to thank God for your family and tell your family how much you appreciate them. And then your first friends, when you see your best friend, you tell them, I really am thankful for you. You're my friend. Right? Thank you. Let me pray for you. Lord, thank you for this day and for the gift of friendship and families. And Lord, I pray that you would be with all the friendships that have been built up in this congregation. Bless them all, and as they head off to Sunday school this morning, bless them as they learn about the gospel and how much love you have for us. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You can head off to your... Sunday school, and I'll take my rope and my string and be done with it. Thank you.
come to you, for I know you satisfy. I am empty, but I know your love does not run dry.
Yes, just give us Jesus. Remember that our Lord Jesus Christ can sympathize with us in our weakness, since in every aspect he was tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Let us then with boldness approach his throne of grace, that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in our time of need. Let us confess our sins against God and neighbor together. Gracious God, you have saved us and called us to be your ministers of love and warmth in this hurting world. Forgive us when we do not minister in your name. Sometimes we say we are way too busy when we are really, no, it's just an excuse. Other times we do not believe we are good enough for certain tasks of caring. Sometimes we are scared we will do or say the wrong thing. And sometimes we just don't want to be bothered. We give of ourselves and our substance grudgingly. Forgive us for our poor response to you. Calm our troubled hearts and take away our needless fears that we may be your faithful presence in this world. Help us to understand that if you call us to do a task, you will give us all we need to do it. Help us to boldly reach out to spread your goodness. We pray in the name of Christ, who loved us with his whole self. Amen. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows the Christ will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. He has come as light into the world, so that whoever believes in him may not remain in darkness. Come now into that light, for in him we are restored and our sins are forgiven.
Tina, Michael, Micah, thank you so much. Your gift to this church is enormous, and we all know it. Well, I want to say that Ruth arrived. Um, She's here, and I have to say that it's not her fault that she was late. It was my fault. I left home without my sermon notes, and... uh, so I said, I could wing it, and she said, no, you're not. So she went home <laughs> and picked up my, my notes. So uh, it's so good to be here with you again. Um, a lot has happened since we were last together um, in, in the fall. Uh, we have helped forming a newly merged Presbyterian church in Irvine, Shepherd's Grove Presbyterian Church. And uh, that's kind of where we're hanging out at this point, and uh, glad to be part of that fellowship. Um, My friend Charles has moved on, as you know, and is now in Santa Barbara. And you have a new pastor, and I'm so excited about that. Um, I spoke with Jason yesterday, and he is extremely, he can't wait. He just can't wait to be here. I was part of his wedding Uh, 19 years ago here, and uh, it was so good to see that develop uh, over the course of time. He brings his pastoral skills, he brings new ideas and vision. I want you to join me in praying for him and for Malia and for his children, because it's the turning of the page of the history of this congregation, and I I can relate to that. Because 25 years ago, I was in his shoes, and you were all so gracious and supportive of Ruth and I as we came here. The new, exciting future God has for this congregation is ready to launch, and we're praying for you. We really are. The context of the message today is the Sermon on the Mount. Three chapters in Matthew's Gospel that Jesus uh, tells of the pattern for living in the new kingdom that he's come to inaugurate. So much of Jesus' teaching is about parables. It comes in parables. Parables are like stories, but they're stories with a kick. And the stories that he tells engage the listener. They're kind of like a Steven Spielberg, George Lucas movie. They pull you in. And at the end, they bring you to a decision. Am I too loud? Philip, can you pull me down just a bit? That would be helpful. And if you can't hear me, raise your hand and I'll talk louder. (laughs) But Jesus here comes to the end of, it's towards the end of the Sermon on the Mount, and he tells three of these short parables. And the sermon that he began so tenderly, now at the conclusion, he focuses in and he calls us to a choice, to a decision. Listen now for the Word of God, and as it's the Gospel, I would ask you to stand for this reading of his Gospel. Enter through the narrow gate, Jesus says. For the gate is wide, and the road is easy that leads to destruction, and there's many who take it. For the gate is narrow, 
And the road is hard that leads to life. And there are few who find it. This is the Word of the Lord. Please be seated. Like many parts in the Bible, life is depicted in this text as a journey. In the Old Testament story, God's people are on the way to the promised land. They're on a journey. It's a long journey. David's story, much of it is on the road or in the wilderness. Much of the experience of the prophets, they're on the move. In the New Testament, Jesus even says He has no place to lay His head. Even as a baby. Paul travels the Middle East, Asia Minor, and then heads west into Europe. The last we know of him. The people of God are a people on the move. Dynamic. They're moving somewhere. Headed somewhere. Life is moving, changing. It's never static. It's always moving. And that's kind of the way our life is, if we really look at it. You and I are on the path. Some road traveling towards God's destination. And I want to say too, and we'll see this here, that the path, not just the destination, destination is really important, but the path, the way there, is vitally important and transforming. Along the way, we come to junctions. And we are faced with choices that we must make. These, as Jesus depicts here, are gateways that we've walked through. Paths we choose. And each one, I believe, has at least a little bit of an influence on us. Especially the fundamental choice that Jesus here talks about. Jesus presents us here with the image of two gates. One gate is large. It's wide. The path it leads to is broad. And there are crowds of people on this way. The other gate, don't blink because you might miss it. It's small. And the path that it leads to is slim, and there's few people who travel on this narrow path. Jesus then says, step up and choose. And I got to thinking about how important choices are and how much of an influence choices we make have in our lives. And often, choices are very hard for most of us. But choices are what form our character. Think about why is making a choice so hard for us? Sometimes we think, what if I make the wrong decision? I could be in deep trouble. And then I can always blame it on this choice I made. I don't know if I want to go there. Or 
we realize if we focus on just one choice, we leave out other choices. What if I go this way and this big broad road is really the cool way and I'm going to miss all that? Ah. Or we might hesitate because making a choice really reveals something about us. Our priorities, our values, what we hold important in life. And when I make a choice, it's all out there. Jesus says, step up and choose. Don't just go with the flow. Step up and choose the narrow way. And join the courageous few who walk this narrow path. That's the point. We learn about ourselves. We show others who we are when we choose. We have an identity. And frankly, you know, personally, I look back on some of the choices I've made. In 1970, I made the courageous choice to marry Ruth. Who are those people? (laughs) Um, That was uh, almost 50 years ago. And we were married, and I'm really glad I made that choice. But it was a hard choice because I had to give up a lot of other choices. But I'm so glad I did. (laughs) She's a fox, isn't she? Anyway, and then I thought about another choice. In 1977, I decided to enter the ordained ministry. And in 1994, I made the choice to come to Costa Mesa and the Church of the Covenant. And that's what I looked like then. You see what you did to me? (laughs) And I'm glad you did. And then in 2017, I faced the hard choice of changing, I hope that's not my phone, (laughs) of changing and retiring from the full-time ordained pastoral ministry. That was a hard choice, and I had to give up some things to do that. But making those key decisions along with others shaped my life, shaped who I am today. And all of us have those life-changing choices to make. And you know, we're all here because of those choices. Danny, I got thinking of you today and the choices you've made to be where you are as a musician, as an actor. And you've had to give up some things. And it's been a hard road. We've walked with you through some of that hard road. And I think of other choices. Cornell and others of you. Sharon and Amy making the decision to enter the ministry. The PNC, the committee that called Jason here to be your pastor, they faced a choice. And that's a big, big choice that they were faced with a burden that affects not only them, but affects the future of this congregation. God promises to work with us when we step up and we choose. This one particular choice that Jesus references here in Matthew really is one that will affect all future choices. 
And it's indicative of the kinds of choices we will make. Step up and choose the narrow gate, the path that shapes us. Secondly, Jesus says we are to choose by trusting God. And and this is pretty obvious. Jesus is instructive. He tells us to select not the wide gate, the popular way, but the narrow gate and the tight path. Because in so doing, we must trust God for the journey. The way is hard, fewer on the road, so we must make this choice by faith, trusting that it's God who is leading us. Choosing is really what faith is about, isn't it? You know, it's interesting, the, the word that uh, Matthew uses to describe the gate and the way translates into English as the word narrow. In Greek, it's the word stenos, and it means tight, pressed, squeezed. And I thought about that, and I thought about when we choose the narrow way, we're going to be squeezed, we're going to be compressed, we're going to move forward in a way that seems at times to be restrictive, to be confining. But we're really putting ourselves under the yoke of the God who has created us and the God who has a way for us, as we sang earlier. God makes a way for us. But we must choose by faith this narrow way. Remember when Moses spoke to the children of Israel in Deuteronomy chapter 30. This is his speech. This is a great speech. In a day of speeches, I might add. (laughs) See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. For I command you today to love the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to keep His commands, decrees, and laws. Then you will live and increase And the Lord your God will bless you in the land you are entering to possess. Now choose life so that you and your children may live and that you may love the Lord your God, listen to His voice, and hold fast to Him. For the Lord is your life. The children of Israel had a choice to make and God spoke through Moses. Trust your God. Choose by faith. It was similar for the disciples when Jesus called them on the shore of the lake. And our faith in God helps us to trust. Our faith in God helps us to trust and depend on God in all things. It's true, especially in hard times. This life is hard because, as Henry Nouwen has said, you know, because this is important because I think we think oftentimes that if we give our lives to Christ, we're going to skate in. We're going to kind of slide and cruise through life. And that just ain't so. Whoever said that? 
If they said it, they're wrong. Henry Nouwen said, Your life is not going to be easy. And it shouldn't be easy. It ought to be hard. It ought to be radical. It ought to be restless. It ought to lead you to places you'd rather not go. Isn't that interesting? That's what life is. That's what life in Christ is about. And that's the narrow way, the squeezed way. Because when we are squeezed, we are shaped, we are formed into the person God wants us to become. It's exciting, it's life-giving, and it's adventuresome. At the same time, it's going to be a squeeze. But that's the way of Jesus. That's the way that leads to life forevermore. We think of the life of Johnny Ernest. Dear, dear friend, now complete. He was a man of quiet faith in the midst of rigorous circumstances. His faith has now taken him home. And he sees it complete. I've been recently with a family, faithful followers, really good people, devoted church folks. Uh, Jim uses his gifts as a musician to sing at his church and even in the community. He writes for a well-known Christian organization. And one day in, in March, Jim was taken ill for no clear reason. Crippling issues he experienced with his spine. He couldn't even move very well. His family gathered and prayed for him as he was hospitalized. His wife was steadfast in her support and her faith. Prayers were offered all around the country for Jim. Yet no, even no diagnosis could be found for several months. And finally, when one was formulated, the doctors took a course of action, and it seemed to work for a time. Jim went back to work, but after a few weeks of diminished pain, it all returned, this time worse. Recently, he had surgery, and the prayers continued. And at the present moment, he seems... Uh, to be coming together, it's, it's, it's been a hard path for him. But just finished surgery, they put two screws in his spine. But this narrow path is shaping Jim and calling his family to a new level of faith. God has been faithful to them in their life together. This narrow way is the path of Jesus. And God's call to us is take it by faith. Love Jesus. Surrender to Jesus. Trust Jesus for every step along this path. And finally, choose to travel with the few. The few. The other point Jesus raises in this parable is the group we travel with. Those who choose the wide gate and the broad path are many. Hundreds and thousands of people and there's a lot of hoopla and there's a lot of hype and there's a lot of attention. It's like a carnival. The way forward with Jesus is narrow. 
It's tight. And there's only a few who travel this path. But Jesus advises us to go with them because it will make us tight with these others who have made the choice to follow Jesus. You know, after I left the full-time pastoral ministry a couple of years ago, I began to look for uh, people that had influenced my life over the last some odd years, 50, 60, 70 years. People who have traveled with me on my journey. And I've been able, because I have time now, at least some time, to sit down with them and visit with them and remember together how we influence each other. Grateful for God bringing us together, and I was grateful to them for the impact they had on my life. Don't ever take those people for granted. Think of the people in your life who really impacted you. Maybe long ago. Perhaps a teacher, a coach when you were young. I was thinking of you, Christian, and what you've been through and the people that have influenced your life. Make a mental note at least of who they are and one day go back and thank them. I was thinking uh, of neighbors or close friends or colleagues, maybe a pastor or a counselor. You know, I, some months ago I called a professor that I once had when I was studying at UCLA. And I called him up, hadn't seen him in 50 years. And he's now retired. He's living in a home in Claremont. And I said, is this Dr. Levering? He said, yes. And I said, I was a student of yours at UCLA years ago. And I remember when you took time to sit down with me and talk to me, not only about the topic of world history and literature, but just about life in general. And I want to say how much that meant to me. He wept on the phone. Just because I said thank you. That is so critical to us. And I was grateful for him because God impacted me through him. And there are many others, some of you, that I'm deeply grateful for. And I have found in these months that I am a blessed person. And I think if you will take time, you will come up with those names. Send them a note. Call them on the phone. Have a Starbucks with them. Or Pete's Coffee or whatever your choice is. But take that time because it reinforces the kingdom when we do that and blesses God's heart. It's likely not a big crowd either. It may be just a few, but they're important people. Life is full of many choices, but God calls us to step up and choose. The fundamental choice we have is to choose by faith God's way, to trust God, the narrow way. It's not the most popular or the easiest way, but it is God's good way, and it leads to life in all its fullness. Perhaps today you're taking that choice for the you're making that choice for the first time. And you've never quite sealed the deal. You've been around, you've appreciated what God has done, and you've admired Jesus. 
but you haven't really made the choice. Step up. Come and pray with us in the time of prayer. Seal the deal. Choose by faith. Perhaps you've made that decision long ago, but you haven't really committed to a community of people. This church is, this is an exciting time for this church because you're going to see some things happen here that haven't happened here in some time. And Jason Griffiths is going to be your pastor and it's going to be an exciting time. Come and be a part. Join a group. Join the choir. Be a part of the band. Be a part of a Bible study or the men's group or the ladies' study, the women's ministry. There's ample opportunities for you to be part of what God is doing. But choose, and choose by faith, and travel with these companions that God has set for you. I close with a quote that we've heard before from Robert Frost, who wrote the book, The Road Less Taken. And he said, Two roads diverged in the wood, and I... I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Father, we thank you for your church. We thank you for facing us individually and corporately with choices to make. We pray that we would be willing to follow your advice, your teaching, and choose the narrow gate, the slim path ahead, and really engage it. And travel with the few this adventurous life, this challenging journey, and allow you to shape us to be the people you will, you've called us to be. And Lord, my prayer is for this church as we go forward together, and this particular church. As Jason comes to be the pastor, we pray you be with Jason and Malia and their children, may they be together, the pastor and family that you've called them to be in this community. Thank you, God. Send us forward. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together and sing the hymn, O Master, let us walk with you, please.
and remembering that every good and perfect gift comes from God. Know that now we have that opportunity to give back to God through our tithes and offerings. So if the ushers would please come forward to receive those. Paul reminds us in Philippians, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. Shall we pray together? 
Holy and merciful God, we do come before you this morning with thanksgivings in our hearts and pause for a moment to recount the numerous blessings for which we are grateful. First and foremost, Lord, we are grateful beyond words for your love and for our salvation. Father, we pray for a world that is in desperate need of a fresh touch from you. And we confess that it is all too easy to ignore the plights of those far away and focus on the minutia of what is going on in our own lives. Reveal yourself through your disciples in every corner of this earth. Use us, Lord. Let us be your hands and feet to show your love and mercy to those in need. We lift up our prayers for your peace and protection over the escalating tensions in Iran. Father, we pray for your discernment and wisdom for world leaders. Lord God, we remember in awe just a mere 50 years ago, Apollo 11 landed on the moon. Many of us, most of us, remember watching the astronauts walk on the moon and the historic words spoken by Neil Armstrong. In a day when so much seeks to divide us, on July 20th, 1969, 238,000 miles out in space, everyone on Earth witnessed the miracle of technology, ingenuity, and your grace and mercy. May we be united today as a country. We pray for those in the Southwest, Midwest, and clear across to the East Coast that are experiencing a deadly heat wave. We pray for each one and for you to prompt people to be neighborly and to help one another. Heavenly Father, we ask for your blessing on Pastor Sharon and Pastor Tim and Pastor Jason and his family as they prepare to join us in two weeks. We pray for those here in our midst that are experiencing trials, suffering, and sorrow. May your peace that surpasses all understanding be with each one. Specifically, we pray for the Ernest family as they grieve the loss of Johnny, and for Joyce Hansler's family as they mourn her passing. We pray for a fresh touch from you for those who are tired and those who feel broken. We pray for your hand of healing for those facing health challenges, including Joan Clamp, Charlotte Kalenda, and Frank Ortiz. We pause for a moment of silence to lift up those close to us in need of prayer. Lord, you are merciful and loving. You have promised that you will never leave or forsake us. And we gratefully lift our prayers to you, O Lord, who holds each one of us in the palm of your hand. In Jesus' name, amen. And this is the service where we have our service of wholeness within. So we will be praying, and then we invite you to come forward for prayers of request of celebration 
whatever you may want to take before the Lord. Okay. Those who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. God consoles us in all our afflictions. We may be able to console those who are in any affliction. For just as the sufferings of Christ are abundant for us, so also our consolation is abundant through Christ. Gracious God, source of all healing, in Jesus Christ you heal the sick and mend the hurt. We bless you for this oil pressed from the fruits of the earth and the fulfillness of life you give. By your Spirit, come upon all who receive this ministry of compassion, that they may receive your healing touch and be made whole to the glory of Jesus Christ, our Redeemer. Amen. At this time, you may come forward. Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. And now would you please stand for the singing of our final hymn.
even though there was no amen on that, you put it in anyway, and I appreciate that. It's been good to be together again and now receive the Lord's benediction. May the grace of Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be with you and upon all whom you hold dear, here and everywhere, this day and forevermore. Amen. This is Pastor Charles Fenson again, and we invite you at any point to come and worship with us here at Presbyterian Church of the Covenant in Costa Mesa. We trust that God has been honored by this worship service and that you have been blessed. God be with you.